That's a great message and a great start. And and by the way, John, we're getting wonderful feedback about our fresh bumper music. And uh, me too. Me too. Really enjoying it. And uh, between Alyssa and John, I give them all the credit because, uh, well, you guys know for, for all these years, Stick in the Mud Gene has been uh, hanging out with the same old, same old. But uh, we've got some fresh bumper music. We've got some fresh ideas. We've got some fresh insights and fresh answers. And that's the whole idea. We offer you a brand new live show every Saturday morning. We don't put our shows in the can. That's what our competitors on radio shows throughout the weekend and across uh, our station and beyond. They put their shows in the can. And some would say that. That could be appropriate, but but that's just that's just me. That's just me. And uh, goodness, fresh, live, and uh, this morning, absolutely gorgeous day out there. Absolutely beautiful. A little warmer than recent mornings. I've been getting used to that 50 degrees and going out and getting that great, bracing, clear, fresh air. And today, uh, high 60s when I left. At uh, oh dark thirty, well, yeah, oh dark thirty. Uh, it's yeah. You would think by this time I would have figured out that the longest day of the year, being June twentieth, means that the days do get shorter, even though it's only August. And indeed, they have. So enjoy as much of your day as you possibly can. And if you start at oh dark thirty, you get the most of it. Get the most daylight that you can. So welcome to More Than Money. If you're a loyal listener, you know exactly how this works. If you're just joining us for the very first time, I'll guide you along. Do not be afraid. Everything will go smoothly because you are our highest priority. You are the heart of the show. You guide our show with your questions, your concerns, your observations, so that we can give you the best information that we possibly can that's most appropriate for you, unlike our competitors who, again, put their shows in the can, they have their own agendas. And their agendas may or may not be yours, but they certainly are going to try to convince you that whatever they're wishing to sell you is your agenda. And we try to do the exact opposite. We try to find out how best to serve you, uh, and we let you guide us. That's exactly why we offer you three different ways to be part of our show. Uh, most Easily and most traditionally and most interactively, the phone works very, very well. 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. You talk to Mr. Sunshine himself, Mr. John Elliott. Then you talk to Mr. Gene Dickinson. Oh, yeah, we're real formal around here. <laughs> You talk to John, you talk to Gene, you get your questions asked and answered. Come on, move it along here. There's nothing more to be seen. Uh, for those of you that are going, whoa, 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 where, where's the host of the show? Where's, where's Alyssa Young? She continues on her international travels. If um, we understand correctly, they are wrapping up end of the weekend. Should be back early next week. She and her daughter, mom and dad, and uh, extended family and... Uh, and uh, family in Italy and Sicily, fantastic, fantastic. I've seen some pictures, absolutely gorgeous. And uh, 
Yeah, down. Uh, what what is uh, Rod Stewart saying? Down. Uh, may God protect you. Every down every road you go. Yeah, that's we want her back home safe and sound. And and speaking to you next week uh, alongside me. So keep her in your prayers. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. You can also communicate with us very easily by email. Gene G E N E at askmtm.com. G E N E at askmtm.com. We have a couple of emails already this morning. Not surprising. You folks are up and out early as well. Happy to get that to you. And of course, if you're a further afield or if you'd just like to have your uh, radio signal come through your smart device, whether it's your phone or your laptop or your your iPad, all you have to do is uh, go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoneyonline.com, and uh, hit the Listen Live button. You've got the show through the miracles of iHeartMedia. And, of course, if you are so inclined, uh, you can share that with folks coast-to-coast, north and south. You can share it with folks in Canada and Mexico and England and I have no idea that it will be of any use to them whatsoever, other than just, you know, the sheer entertainment value. You may want to share it with your friends, you know, internationally, just so that they can also be just just blown away by the, okay, never mind, just coast to coast and north and south, please. 610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com morethanmoneyonline.com. A little bit of housekeeping in addition to uh, keeping Alyssa in your prayers. Keep our efforts for Folds of Honor in your prayers as well. This is a challenging time for us as we come up in just a couple of weeks to our Radiothon. Uh, We have wonderful partners, wonderful partners helping out this year, and many of them have been with us now for a number of years um, Vinart, of course, the Hotel Bethlehem, Ritz Barbecue, and Relic Hunter are all partners. They will all be hosting live events at their locations throughout our week. Uh, our uh, September 9th, um, because the 11th falls on a Sunday, our September 9th event will be our More Than Money World Headquarters open house. That's where you've got Bobby Gunther Walsh and Dan Holzman live uh, broadcasting from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. You'll have uh, Beth Simmons of Folds of Honor will be there. Undoubtedly, uh, we've got great uh, uh, opportunities throughout that entire week, including the the ninth uh, that Gunther will be interviewing uh, some very, very important people uh, through Folds of Honor. And as you might expect with our uh, focus on service, um, we're not um, highlighting folds of honor bureaucrats or or uh, administrators or pundits. Nope, we're, we want to talk to as many recipients as we possibly can, as many families of our uh, military heroes as we possibly can. And I know that Beth and Gunther, gosh, they've been working so very hard to get that schedule square and get you as much information, as much inspiration as we possibly can. Uh, One of the great inspiring pieces of a Radiothon is if we can offer matching money, and many of you have already stepped up. We need many, many more. So if you are in a position where you can contribute to our Folds of Honor effort, 
and uh, would like to pledge some money that we can use for matching money, uh, that would be fantastic. Send me that email, gene at askmtm.com. That would be absolutely, absolutely great. Our newsletter is out. John, you got your newsletter this week? Email? John's going, I'm thinking probably. Ah, he's been a very busy man. He's been, good for you. Good for you. Stay light on your feet. My dad was uh, often uh, fond of saying that a moving target is harder to hit. <laughs> so stay light on your feet. Um, Megan was very, very excited to share with me that our newsletter, email newsletter this month had an open rate over 40%. And just so you're saying, now, wait a second, that's less than half. That doesn't sound like a lot. Uh, the average uh, newsletter in the financial industry has an open rate of under 4%. Our newsletter traditionally has an open rate between 20 and 25%. And we are over 40%. I think a large part of that is I've let a lot of you know that uh, we were having uh, we had the opportunity to share a very special piece of information with you, a very special piece of writing, a very special prayer uh, written by uh, a good friend of mine who recently passed, uh, Charlie Wilson, and it was a prayer for old men. And I don't think you can um, read that and not be moved and not be touched and not want to share it. I've had so many wonderful emails. Thank you so much uh, for folks who have responded uh, so quickly. Uh, it went out, gosh, I think f either Thursday or Friday morning. So um, it's only been out a couple days, and yet great response. Uh, and folks sharing that, thank you. And I think the, uh, the Wilson family thanks you because that was Charlie's uh, mission in life was to share and serve, share and serve, and he did. Um, remarkably well. So if you are a email recipient of our newsletter and you haven't yet opened it, please do so. Really, really important and, uh, and touching and moving. So uh, please take a look at that. And, uh, and uh, it, where appropriate, share. And if you are not yet a recipient, please uh, send me your email, gene at askmtm.com. Send me your email address and We'll get that out to you ASAP. Uh, 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. I've got a number of topics that I'm going to cover with you this morning. Um, a little more uh, in-depth detail about uh, 87,000 IRS, uh, IRS agents being hired and what that may actually mean for us as opposed to what we've been told. I've got an article that was written in a national publication uh, by a young woman who states when buying a home does not pay. That's fascinating. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. I'm going to give you a summary of the Information Reduction Act that I received through one of our partners. Very, very useful indeed. And uh, gosh, hopefully all of that works for you. And indeed, if you are out and about and you're listening on um, your car radio, then uh, heading over to Bethlehem, um, broad and center, not the worst thing that you can do. 
as uh, we've got uh, Toasted and Roasted open and ready for business. Mr. John, we have a call coming through. Toasted and Roasted there offering the best. Ah, I'm not a totally, totally independent opinion here. I'm rather prejudiced as uh, my daughter and son-in-law are offering, Allie and Mike are offering you up wonderful coffee and and uh, great treats. Fantastic. And uh, and wonderful smiles and, and uh, great conversation. So if you're over in that general area, uh, and even if you're not, head that direction. And when you go in, make sure you mention that you heard um, about them on More Than Money. I'm sure they'll give you a little extra something. A little extra, as they say. A little extra something. So, uh, and uh, gosh, I ho- sure hope they have the, the show on on the radio in the in the shop. If not, woof, woof. By the way, if you walk in and it's not on, go, hey, seriously, seriously, seriously. That's that's actually all I have is, is the seriously line. So, uh, 610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. Let me see if I've covered all my... Uh, next Saturday at uh, Holy Cross Lutheran Church, uh, Morristown, it's a Nazareth address, but Morristown um, is a yard and bake sale. Some great stuff. I'm telling you, you got you to gotta head north. You got to head north just a little bit, just a few minutes away. Uh, I will be there after the uh, radio show for uh, a brief appearance. The uh, sale opens at 7 a.m. If you want the best opportunity for the good stuff on the yard sale, 7 a.m. is a great time to be there and wraps up around 3. All during the day, you'll get some great food to eat, bake sale, etc., etc. Uh, 610-720-7900. Here's an email that came in. It's rather detailed. I'm 73, old, retired, working part-time. I own my own home, have no debt. My income consists of my pension, Social Security, a modest amount for my IRA, and my part-time earnings, uh, also modest. I try to save some income each month, usually about $1,000. I feel that's important because my net worth is about 300 and that will not mean much if I need to go into assisted living. I've always been a conservative investor, putting most of my savings into CDs and about 25% into a stock fund. However, the returns on both have been meager over the past three years. My current CDs are laddered so that while I'm always investing in new ones, the old ones are regularly coming due. And most of the time, I've been able to reinvest the money. However, it's been reassuring knowing that that extra money is coming in when I have an unexpected expense. Good for you. Uh, Gosh, now I'm hearing a lot about I-bonds, which are paying 9.62%. This almost seems too good to be true. I know that $10,000 a year is the max I can invest, but that seems great for me. Are there any drawbacks to putting most of my savings into I-bonds while the rate remains this generous? I understand the rate can change. The inflation rate drops, but <laughs> but that's not happening tomorrow. That's that's a uh, unsolicited uh, personal opinion, which we all agree with. <laughs> uh, can I withdraw full or partial amounts at any time? Do I pay taxes on the interest each year or only when I withdraw? Does each deposit become a separate bond like CDs, or does the money all go into one account? Does the money need to be held for a fixed period of time? Thank you for your guidance. I enjoy and appreciate listening to your show every week. Well, you're very kind, and you ask a lot of questions. <laughs> it's fantastic. Fantastic. 
Uh, well, yes, goodness, for someone who's conservative and has been using CDs predominantly for many years, I-bonds seem like a very good choice for you. Um, current interest rates now are dropping just a little bit. The last I heard, they're around 8.5%. Still wonderful and much better, I'm guessing. No, I'm sure than you are getting at the bank. So $10,000 of your savings into an I-bond makes perfect sense. Yeah, this is uh, done directly with the U.S. Treasury. So you'll go online to Treasury Direct and they w- you will follow their guidelines and they will give you all the information that you need to make sure that it's set up correctly and that you understand exactly how the mechanics work. It's done on a calendar year basis. So if you put $10,000 in now, in five months or so, uh, January of 2023, you can do another $10,000. Is inflation going to remain high? Sadly, we all agree it's going to be much higher than we were used to just a year and a half ago, two years ago, when uh, for a four-year run under the previous administration, the inflation rate hovered between one and one and a half, two percent. Now we're at historic highs. Um, 9.1 was the uh, peak that we saw, eight and a half current. Um, is it likely that it's going to drop back down to one? The answer is not likely. Is it likely it's going to drop? It already has a little. The folks that we trust, the folks that give us guidance about all the good things that we need to know financially and economically, uh, believe that by the end of the year, it'll be in the 6% range. So it'll drop another two and a half points over five months, about a half a point a month on average. We'll see. Some of the folks that are projecting out a bit further are saying they expect that it will drop to the four, four and a half percent range by mid-year next year. Even if that is true, if you get eight and a half percent for six months, which is how long the initial interest rate holds, uh, and if you get, pick a number, uh, three and a half uh, for the second six months, you're still going to have an average of a six percent return for a year on $10,000 that you left in the bank would have probably earned one or 2% at most. So yeah, you're picking up four or 500 bucks if you do it on $10,000. And sadly, the current fiscal policies in Washington continue and uh, inflation stays uh, painfully high. And I say painfully, very painfully for folks on fixed income, folks who are, um, uh, limited in their ability to increase their uh, their cash flow, that makes it really, really hard between uh, the inflation um, on uh, uh, rising taxes, inflation uh, impacting everything that they buy, um, and the fact that gasoline prices are more than double what they were uh, less than two years ago. Really, really painful time. Uh, you might be able to take advantage of some of this pain, by using uh, in um, the I-bonds and uh, benefiting indeed. Uh, by the way, just as an observation, good for you. Uh, 73 working part-time. That keeps you active, keeps you uh, engaged, keeps you out in, uh, in, uh, um, and, and socially engaged and, and uh, uh, moving about. Fantastic. So your ability to save a thousand bucks a month. Nice. Good for you. Good for you. Um, will just make, uh, your future financial, um, uh, your financial future unfold in a much more comfortable way. All the while benefiting you both physically, uh, mentally, emotionally. Good for you. Fantastic. Very, very impressed.
610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com. Go to the phones. Good morning. My, uh, my, to the phone. I go to my phone, <sighs> smartphone, obviously smarter than its owner, uh, for this email. Good morning. My adult son is thinking of buying a house. My wife and I would like to help him do that. How much are we allowed to gift before red flags go up? How much per spouse? Can this be done through our joint checking account? Also, what would be the difference if we just wrote him a sizable check each month? Thanks for your time. No, thank you very much for the for the question. Um, okay. Gifting is one of the head scratchers for so many people because they have uh, kind of locked into their mind a annual limitation uh, that makes it, uh, yeah, I double-checked, I got it right, um, that, that is, the, the number's kind of stuck, $16,000 per year. Um, and indeed, that is the annual exclusion, that's the proper term. 16000 per year per person. Ah, we're married. Can we give, can we each give to our uh, son 16000 Yes. So we can give 32000 a year. Under the annual exclusion, the answer is yes. So we're limited to 32000 No, not even close. The gift rules also say that in addition to the annual exclusion over and above the annual exclusion, you have a lifetime exclusion, which currently is $11 million. And, and I don't say that as it's a lot of money. No, I mean, it's $11 million. So there is literally no limit to the amount of money. There is no practical limit. If you're Jeff Bezos, I'm there, there is a limit. But if, if you are a normal human being, there is literally no practical limit to what you can gift uh, your son and have no problems whatsoever. No problems whatsoever. If you keep it under 32000 a year, which means you could give 64000 in the course of five months, 32000 right now, another 32000 January 1st, it can come out of your joint account. Uh, the, the mechanics are, are, are not... Uh, terribly onerous, uh, and uh, so you could move sixty-four thousand in the matter of five months. You wouldn't even need to file a piece of paper with your tax return. If you decide to give more, and you can, as we just heard, you can give sixty-four thousand plus up to eleven million. If you go above the sixty-four thousand, yes. If you go above the thirty-two thousand per year, you need to file a form with your tax return, one-page form. Your professional tax preparer can do it very, very easily. You won't pay any tax. Your son won't pay any tax. It is just keeping the IRS informed. So pretty pretty good stuff. Uh, Is there a difference if you just wrote a sizable check each month? If what you're trying to do there is to break up this $32,000 into monthly amounts, the answer is no. The IRS doesn't care whether it's one check, 12 checks, 31 checks. It doesn't matter if it's kept under $10,000, which, uh, again, people seem to think that's kind of a magical number because of banking laws or privacy or whatever. It, it simply doesn't matter. You can do all of it in one check. You can do it all of it in multiple checks. There may be an advantage to you 
there may even be an advantage to your son if you're doing it on a monthly basis. If your son decides he can swing buying the house with a mortgage uh, and getting a tax deduction, if that if that tax deduction would help him from a, a tax deductible standpoint, for many folks it won't because the standard deduction is larger than their the sum of their uh, itemized deductions. But if he decides it would help him to get a tax deduction on a larger interest payment, maybe he takes the mortgage and you write checks on a monthly basis to help him pay the mortgage payments. That may help you as well by keeping your cash in your hands. If you've got a good use of your cash, you're earning a good return. Keeping it longer in your hands may end up being more profitable. Um, kind of walking through the options. If you sat with a financial advisor that was experienced and you trusted uh, in less than an hour, you would come out with a very specific and detailed plan that would fit the two of you, 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 you uh, and your son perfectly. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Ah, great piece of music. This might be one we have to go out on. Oh, and uh, for most of you that are of my generation, you understand, you, you recognize it immediately. 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. Gene at AskMTM.com. Your calls, your emails after this. On more than money. coming before I'll get it. Come on, baby. Barry Way. <laughs> ah, there you go. Fantastic. Um, I uh, That good song, Eminence Front, though. Oh, are you kidding me? You start the riff and you go, your head explodes. It's that good. 610-720-7900, the dulcet tones of your DJ, John Elliott. <laughs> 610-720-7900. We're going to be in trouble when Alyssa gets back. I do. She likes upbeat bumper music. And for those of you who have, uh, if you know Alyssa well, you know she loves to dance. There is nothing that she likes more all right, there's probably three or four things, but she really loves to dance. So, upbeat bumper music. Yep, uh, you think it's fun listening to her? You should share it the studio one of these days soon, 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 soon. Oh, you know what? On the 10th, September 10th, we're doing a live show at Rally Hunter. So, if you want to meet Alyssa, uh, we'll do some uh, upbeat bumper music. She can do a few dance moves. She loves to dance. 
So do I. The difference between her and I, I'm really bad. <laughs> I'm really bad. But I really enjoy it. 610-720-7900. Gene um, at askmtm.com. Sorry, I was reading an email uh, at the same time I was doing our reset. So let me make sure I get to that one. And goodness. Okay. Um, 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Young lady, too shy to talk on the radio, spoke to the uh, ever gentle and easy to talk to Mr. John Elliott, and she is interested in giving her daughter her home. And the question is, uh, mechanically, how to do that? And then number two is she wants to make sure it's uh, that her daughter doesn't end up paying a lot of taxes each. Well, um, let's start with the second one first, because that's the easiest one. A person receiving a gift... It could be $16,000 in a year. It could be a home worth $200,000. It could be, hey, I won the lottery for $100 million. I'm giving you $20 million. The person receiving the gift never pays tax. Never pays tax. So her daughter is completely uh, safe, will not pay income tax on the gift. The question is whether or not the, the donor, the giver of the gift, pays tax because it is called a gift tax. And if you give away too much, you may end up paying tax unless too much in this case, unless her home is worth more than $11 million. Did you get the sense it was worth more than $11 million? No, I don't think so. doesn't. Well, it may have been bumping up against. But bottom line is uh, no tax for her. Uh, if the uh, gift is uh, more than $16,000 in a given year, likely it will be. Hopefully the home is worth way more than 16000 bucks. Although my first home, I think I paid, no, my mortgage was 16000 I think 300 bucks. I paid 21000 for my first home. And it, it was a two-unit with seven garages that I rented on the south side of Allentown. It was glorious. It was just glorious. Lived there for, gosh, four or five years. I think my average out-of-pocket was like 14 bucks a month. I had rent from garages, rent from upstairs, paid my mortgage, paid my real estate taxes, paid my insurance. I, th I think my utility bill, I was out-of-pocket 14 bucks. Uh, it's very similar today. I'm out of, all right, don't start because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry <laughs> what I spend today. Uh, so for this young lady, uh, Tax-wise, you're fine. Gift-wise, you're fine. Do you need to do anything at the courthouse? The answer is sure. If you're going to give your home to your daughter, you are transferring. You are you are the ownership. The deed of the home has to reflect that. So, uh, I I believe personal opinion, and I've owned. Gosh, I've lost track of how many dozens and dozens and dozens of properties I've owned over my lifetime. Um, I do not think this is a do-it-yourself project. I think for a very small, uh, a very reasonable sum of money to either a title insurance company or an attorney, getting the deed transferred um, uh, professionally done for you is absolutely the way to go. Absolutely the way to go. And if you need a referral for uh, some assistance in getting that done, uh, just let us know. Happy to help. Uh, congratulations, and, and hopefully we help there a little bit. 
610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. More than money online.com. Uh, I want to go through this uh, real quickly. This is a summary of um, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, uh, shorthand IRA. You know what? There should be some law. There's too many laws, but there should be some um, reasonable. I mean, truth in advertising. If if you uh, um, publicize, if you advertise, this car uh, will uh, reduce your your uh, your gas expense by uh, giving you tremendous gas mileage, and the answer was it does the exact opposite. It gives you less gas mileage and it costs you more. You would go to jail. Politicians do that, and and they get hugs and handshakes. Hey. Um, back in June of 2021, Bernie Sanders, crazy Bernie, Bernie Sanders was pushing a 10-year social spending package worth $6 trillion. Everyone, everyone knew that ain't going to happen. But because the way the government works, you start out asking for a ridiculous sum of money, $6 trillion, and see where it goes. Uh, within two months, uh, the $6 trillion, $6 trillion was trimmed to $3.5 trillion. Oh, jeez. How, how are they going to survive? They've already cut it almost in half. It's only $3.5 trillion for the Build Back Better Act, which was a 2,400-page bill. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said, uh, that's too much because she's such a reasonable person. So they asked, she went back to the house and said, we've got to tighten this up. And it went to $1.75 trillion, trillion, trillion dollars tightened up. Whew, how did they do it? That was amazing. And, and the document itself, only 2,100 pages. So much better. Much better. Not crazy. Bernie, that's crazy. Six trillion. One point seven five uh trillion. Uh and then Chuck Schumer and uh Joe Manchin, who uh we thought there for a while was on our side, uh got together behind closed doors, nobody else, and said, you know what, we're gonna create an inflation reduction act and include four hundred and thirty three billion of spending. And increase taxes to the tune of seven hundred and thirty-nine billion, theoretically on, um, predominantly on corporations. And then after uh, Kristen Cinema uh, from uh, uh, Arizona, who again, seemingly with Joe Manchin was kind of holding the line, uh, got some modifications. What a polite term uh, to the bill, including four billion for her area of the country for quote-unquote drought relief, uh, the 755-page investment, I'm sorry, Inflation Reduction Act uh, was passed, uh, $369 billion for climate and energy programs. Thank you, AOC and the gang of four um, credits for electric vehicles, both used and new uh, corporate minimum income tax is going up and 80 billion over the next decade for the IRS adding, um, 87,000 new employees and the cost 
uh, giving the IRS $80 billion is projected to create $124 billion in new tax revenue. Yeah, you do the math. So uh, that's kind of the, uh, the progression of the misnomer, mislabeled, um, not f- truth in advertising, um, Inflation Reduction Act. We'll talk more about the impact of uh, 87,000 new IRS employees here momentarily. 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to Gary. Gary, good morning. Morning, Gene. How are you? Very well, sir. How may we serve you? A quick question with regards to that uh, woman that was gifting her house. Would the young lady that the house was gifted to lose the step-up cost basis then? She absolutely will. And for the folks listening who are not familiar with that phrase, stepped-up cost basis is something that occurs when someone passes away and the inheritor of a piece of property, in this case we're talking about the home, uh, would receive the cost basis as the market value on the date of death, the date of passing. So using demonstration numbers, none of which are true because she did not give us numbers, she paid $50,000 for the home many years ago. It's currently worth $250,000. If she passed away, her daughter would have a cost basis of 250000 If she gifts the home as she's planning on doing, the daughter's cost basis is mom's cost basis, 50000 bucks. Very good. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it sounded too good to be true initially. Yeah, now, and it, but it actually may end up being just perfect because if the plan for the daughter is to live in the home herself for a good long time, she right. will end up being the owner and it will be a residence. So when she ends up selling it, if she ends up selling it, uh, she will have a $250,000, if she's married, $500,000 exclusion so she may end up paying no income taxes anyway. And, of course, if she leaves it to her children, the this mom's grandchildren, in her will, they get the stepped-up basis. So it may end up being just fine. Uh, oh, so if I'm to understand that, then uh, if the young lady gets the house gifted and now her cost basis is what her mother's is, in your example, $50,000. Perfect. <clears throat> And, and the young lady decides to stay in it for 10 years. And let's say at that time when the mother did pass, the house was worth 250 uh, and she sells it for 500. Now she would uh, be exonerated of taxes for the whole 500, let's say. Oh, she could. If she's married, she can be exonerated for taxes. The taxes would be waived on the entire 500. If she is a single oh. individual, she gets the first 250,000 for free. Okay. All right. Very good. Works out good in the end. As long, I guess the key there is as long as you don't have, as the child doesn't liquidate it right away. Oh, absolutely. Yes. If there, if the plan is I'm going to give it to my daughter and have her sell it, I would stop it in its tracks. That right. would make okay. no sense whatsoever. If she wants the, the daughter to have the money, sell the home herself and give her the money. Right. Okay. Very good. Thanks for the clarification, Gene. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks, Gary. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Back to the phones we go, and we talk to Dave. Dave, good morning. Good morning, sir. How may we serve you? Yes, I have a question. Um, 
we've encountered an unexpected medical expense. Mm-hmm. Um, our dog hurt herself and oh. is going to require surgery. Oh, goodness. Indeed. Um, 3000 plus is an early estimate. We don't have any final figures yet. but Okay. So my question is, would it be better to put this expense on a credit card with approximately a 17% rate, uh, or indeed, <laughs> and going up, I'm sure, or would we be better off taking out a loan against a Roth IRA? Yeah, you're not allowed to take out a loan, so that's off the table. Uh, if it's a Roth IRA, if you take the withdrawal, you will pay no tax. So that's a possibility. Uh, the credit card is my least favorite possibility. Uh, if you, How? I'm sorry, if you own a home and you have equity in your home, you would be far better, if you're going to borrow the money, you'd be far better borrowing against the equity of your home using a, a home equity line of credit or, or a... Uh, um, a HELOC, as they say, uh, or a home equity loan, uh, because the interest rate will be much, much lower and likely fixed rather than 17 or 18 or 20 or 30 or wherever the hell they're going to go. Uh, because you're, you're right. It's very variable and, and very uncertain. Uh, so if, if borrowing the money is the issue, then I would look for equity in my home. If, uh, if, if paying the bill, Um, doesn't uh, cripple your retirement plan, so to speak, coming out of the Roth IRA, then taking the money from the Roth would be tax-free, probably the direction I would lean. Um, How about a traditional 401k as opposed to a Roth? If you have a traditional 401k, in almost every case you can work out a loan, a personal loan, there are limits, but certainly 3000 falls almost certainly within those limits. And, yes, the interest rate should be very modest. And, of course, in, in some very real sense, you are paying yourself back. You are acting as your own bank. Rather than paying credit card 17%, you might pay yourself 5 I, I depends on what the current your current 401k plan requires, but I'm using that as an example. Uh, if it's a traditional 401k, that's something I would look at very carefully and, and likely I would lean to before I would take money from the Roth IRA. Okay. Con- considering the growth potential of the 401k, I might actually get ahead at a 5% interest rate. Uh, yeah, there are some who are, are saying that. I, I tend to disagree. Of course, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I think we're we're either at the bottom of this downturn or we're bouncing along the bottom. I think investments in a 401k over the next, I'm, I'm picking a number, uh, two or three years are, are likely, hopefully, uh, to be much higher than a 4 or 5% rate that you would pay, be paying yourself back. But let's be clear, uh, caring for the puppy is our highest priority, and getting those funds uh, that allow uh, that care to, uh, to, uh, to happen um, 
it, and if it ends up that you only make four or five percent paying yourself back instead of eight or nine, so what? Who cares? Come on. It's only a few percentage points on a small amount of money, and it was spent for a very important purpose. Thank you, sir. Oh, my pleasure, Dave. God bless you, and keep your puppy in our prayers. <laughs> we'll be done. Thank you. Thank you. 610-720-7900. For all of you who have, and and it's my own fault, uh, when I set up, had my new phone set up, uh, for me, hmm. uh, Facebook became an important kind of prominent part that I got to see a lot of. Um, um, boy, it's so tempting to just flip that guy off, but I'll just let that go because I just got an email that you just, you know what? That's fascinating because maybe I did flip him off. Because I thought I was just closing the email, but apparently I deleted it because the guy was a moron anyway. Um, I'm sorry? No, <laughs> that wasn't John. Um, so many posts of Facebook uh, note the passing of pets. And you want to talk about people really feeling pain. I get it. Um, we lost uh, one of our cats uh, two months ago. And uh, very, very difficult. And people, gosh, uh, I, I say this often. We're, we're currently uh, in the process of interviewing a new potential employee. She has a two-year-old. And uh, the concern was, wow, uh, handling a job and handling a young one. And I said, well, let's, let's be clear. Uh, in our More Than Money World headquarters, we are very pet-friendly and very child-friendly. We're not that friendly to the, to the adults, <laughs> but, but in general, yeah, we are very pet and, uh, fur baby friendly. So 610-720-7900. As I mentioned in the first segment, our newsletter for August is out. It's a very special newsletter. I, I am prayerful that all of you will read it. We've already had more than 40% open rate. I hope that that goes as close to 100 as it possibly can. Um, my good friend who recently passed, Charlie Wilson, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, wrote a wonderful prayer, a prayer for old men. And uh, by the way, it applies to older people of all. However you self-identify. Yeah, I'm very politically correct. I'm very progressive. Um. Yeah, when did that start? That's a fair question. Um, I think it will it, it it will enhance you to read that. So if you are not yet receiving our newsletter, please uh, do that. Just send me an email, gene at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. We can get that to you. Uh, let's see. I think I covered that, covered that. I made uh, mention in the IRA Act, the Inflation Reduction It's hard to say because it's just so stupid. It's just the exact opposite. Uh, people go, well, it's, it's paid for because they're only raising taxes on corporations. First of all, read more carefully. That's a lie. Secondly, do corporations pay taxes? People go, well, sure they do. Who's actually paying their tax? Whoever buys their products or services. 
because if the uh, tax goes from 5% to 15%, that extra 10% that they are paying, that will be added to your next bill. That will be the increase in your next uh, payment for their product. And increasing prices, what is that called? Let me think. I know, I know this. I know this. Uh, I st- Back in school a thousand years ago. Oh, inflation. So inflation is certainly to go up. Higher taxes, higher costs from an Inflation Reduction Act. They talked about 87,000 IRS agents being added. Uh, the clarification, not unreasonable. Uh, I am uh, supportive of virtually nothing coming out of Washington, D.C., let me think, almost ever. Hmm. Go figure. Uh, but as it's been explained to me in more detail, 87,000 agents may actually end up being a real positive a real positive for the country. Well, how would that be? Well, the number of IRS employees has dropped more than 9,000 since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, They're at the lowest level that they have been in uh, recent memory. As a result, the service coming out of the IRS is non-existent. A professional tax preparer wishing to discuss a client case uh, will make a phone call knowing full well that they will be on hold between one and two hours before they talk to anyone. And in almost every case, when they finally are talking to a real human being, it's the wrong person and they go back on hold. So headsets and earpieces are requirements if you're a professional tax preparer so that you can continue to do work while you're waiting for the IRS. And the IRS is very clear. Uh, whatever guidance you get from an IRS employee is does not bind them legally. They can give you bad intel. They can give you the wrong information. And if you are sued in court by the IRS and you say, but the IRS told me to do it this way, the answer is so. You're still wrong. Hard to believe. So uh, it's been explained to me that many of these 87,000 agents over the next 10 years will be uh, backfilling, uh, increasing the capacity. Uh, currently, the IRS is sitting on 1.1 million, million uh, not unprocessed tax returns. 1.1 million unprocessed. You're saying, I wonder when I'm going to get my refund. Psh, don't hold your breath. And it is projected over the next 10 years that the IRS will see retirement measured in the 30 and 40,000 range. So uh, 87,000 agents will end up likely netting a plus 30 or 40, hopefully will likely end up in some form, some form of increased uh, productivity and service from the IRS. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, Kind of falls into the same category. Eh, Not quite, um, but almost. They um, announced the Secret Service announced yesterday that it will cost half a million dollars, $490,000 to be exact, to put a fence around Joe Biden's Delaware Beach House to keep Americans out. Now, we can't have a fence at our southern border to keep non-citizens out, but Joe Biden and Jill and Hunter, they can build a fence I guess kind of like Nancy Pelosi's fence. 
Hmm. Kind of interesting. I don't know. Hip, it, what is it? Hypocrisy? Yeah, I'll, I'll figure out what the word is. 610-720-7900. Gene at AskMTM.com. It's the top of the hour news. All the information you need to make it a great, great weekend. We'll take your calls, your emails after this on More Than Money. piece of music thank you so much john thank you Alyssa young if you're missing Alyssa, so am i she's fantastic and uh she's the star of the show now she's forever young this is fantastic she's still traveling she'll be with us next week um keep her in your prayers uh for safe travel for her and her entire family gosh the whole family um i say her whole family her mom and dad are there i think her sister's there and They've got family in Sicily, so they're they're having a grand time. Uh, uh, Zach and Andrew left behind. Andrew's got some real responsibilities. Andrew's a co-captain of the Nazareth football team this year, so lots going on. Obviously, lots going on um, for uh, for him. And uh, senior night was uh, this past week, and uh, I know he had great support there. Uh, we wish them the very, very best. Uh, circle September 9th on your calendar. Folds of Honor will be, uh, we will be hosting our open house, More Than Money World Headquarters in the Holy Lands between Bethlehem and Nazareth. Please join us. Please join us. Whether it's a cup of coffee or a, uh, a handshake or a hug, uh, be generous in your donations and support, of course, but come enjoy part of uh, Bobby Gunter Walsh's live radio show in the morning, uh, meet uh, Folds of Honor uh, scholarship recipients, meet Folds of Honor representatives, Beth Simmons and, and many others, and, uh, and meet our More Than Money team. I think you'll enjoy that as well. Our newsletter for August is out. It's very, very special. I hope that if you uh, have received it in your inbox that you will open that uh, this morning. And uh, if you haven't yet subscribed, please send me your request, gene at askmtm.com, and we'll get that to you as well. We send uh, a shout out to uh, my uh, my daughter and son, uh, Allie and Mike, at uh, Toasted and Roasted as they're brewing up the best, the best. Uh, I, I'm a totally objective person. I have surveyed the, uh, uh, the best coffee and and treats and uh, broad and center head on over. Tell them we said, Hey, and, uh, and enjoy, enjoy indeed. Uh, I think we've covered all of that. Excellent. Uh, 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com more than money online.com. For Gunther, it's his tea, and for Gene, it's his flask of water. So thank you for being patient. Uh, I'm 
I believe, I don't know why, but I think this is a young lady, writes, I have annuities with Pacific Life and Venerable. They are all currently in house accounts. Uh, house account means that they are held uh, by the company. They don't have an advisor assigned to them. Is there an advantage to having a broker agent for these accounts, or can, can they be just kept in house accounts? Also, could you recommend anyone in your organization who has the expertise needed to properly handle these accounts? I am not financially savvy, so I would need someone who could speak to me at my level. I love that. Fantastic. Well, uh, yes, uh, more than money advisors are well-trained uh, to speak to people uh, in um, language that they understand. Uh, my dad was one of my first mentors, and uh, gosh, he was a carpenter. Uh, I uh, served in uh, the Navy in World War II. Um, I think his last year of schooling was his ninth grade in high school before he enlisted, and he did not go back. And yet, one of the smartest people to this day, one of the smartest people I have encountered in my lifetime. I've been to some of the finest academic uh, institutions in the world, met some of and been taught by and trained by some of the most well-regarded uh, academics uh, in the world. Still, my dad, a carpenter, uh, one of the smartest people I ever knew. And his um, basic philosophy of education, of sharing, of learning, uh, was that there is no trick whatsoever, none whatsoever in making uh, a, a subject, making something we're trying to understand more complicated. The trick, the skill, the real genius is in taking something complicated and making it understandable, making it simple. So, um, yes, we are deeply committed in the More Than Money World Headquarters, in the Holy Lands between Bethlehem and Nazareth, uh, to speaking uh, in English and being understandable rather than being impressively un, uh, understandable, just being, oh, that, he must be very smart. I didn't understand a word he said. That's not smart. That's not smart. <clears throat> now, you have answered your own question. Is there an advantage to having a broker? Well, a broker, hmm. Broker is a salesman, uh, so the answer may be no. But what I think you mean, is there an, is there an advantage to having a professional financial advisor as um, your representative on these annuities? And I believe, of course, from your own description, the answer is sure. You say you are not financially savvy. So being financially savvy, you should be working with a trusted financial advisor who would be named as the agent of record, that's the technical term, on these two annuities and would be able to guide you in terms of investment choices, investment alterations, understanding the components of your annuities. Some annuities have riders that provide death benefits. Some have riders that provide lifetime income benefits. Some have riders that do both uh, and other issues as well. So not just how best to invest, but how best to uh, utilize the available uh, moving parts within these annuities. A financial advisor can certainly help you uh, do that. Uh, beneficiary designations, 
uh, to whom do you wish these funds to go upon your passing and how best to do that. So, yes, there are lots of ways that a financial advisor named as the agent of record could be very, very beneficial to you. And then, in all honesty, uh, one of the biggest ways that they will be beneficial to you is to be able to uh, demonstrate to you how these two annuities uh, fit into your uh, overall financial plan, uh, your overall financial goals, what you want your money to do for you in terms of how much money should you have saved in the bank, how much money should you have in a retirement plan, how um, should the equity in your home best be used, the kinds of advice that go far beyond investment advice. So uh, is there someone? Sure. All you got to do is ask. Just that easy. 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Morethanmoneyonline.com. Uh, be uh, very careful when you email me that you're not stepping on my toes. <clears throat> because then those emails don't get answered. Oh, they get answered, but not as polite as some of the <laughs> others. Snarky. I like that word. I like that word, snarky. And and that, wait a second. My middle initial is S. <laughs> uh, yeah. People do say, that guy's a really big S. I think that's what they said. Well, anyway. Uh, young lady writes, my husband and I have been reading a lot about retirement lately. Good for you. We're about five years away. One of the things we read recently says that people should spend, should plan to spend 70% of their pre-retirement income when they retire. How did they come up with that? It makes me nervous thinking we need to make cuts in our budget. What guidance do you give your clients? Thank you for your excellent show. Well, thank you for your excellent judgment in assessing our show. Um, yeah, this is fascinating. Um, it makes you nervous thinking you got to cut back. Maybe you do. And, and maybe you don't at all. And the reality is that, um, as, as I have mentioned numerous times on air, I've been doing this for 780 years. Uh, my first uh, financial planning textbooks were uh, uh, sh um, man manuscripts, you know, sheepskin, quill pens, all that stuff. Actually, to be honest, my first one was a stone tablet with chisel marks. But uh, over the years, uh, traditionally academics, uh, as soon as you say the word, doesn't your head just like want to start to hurt? Academics. Ugh. The, traditionally, textbooks for financial advisors um, – independent of whatever um, program they happen to be studying, uh, will use the uh, rule of thumb that in retirement, the average retiree spends about 70% of their pre-retirement income. Uh, I, I have said from virtually the, the first moment that I was a real financial advisor uh, to this very day, that that is just a, a big steaming pile of hoo-ha. That, that, by the way, is a technical reference to that that's probably incorrect. Big steaming pile of hua. Uh, it has been my experience over 780 years 
that uh, individuals will spend in retirement almost identically the amount of money they are spending in pre-retirement. So uh, the, we've got to be very, very clear about this. In my experience, people spend almost exactly the same amount in retirement as they spend in pre-retirement. We understand they spend it on very different things. They may not be spending it on commuting costs. They may not be spending it on suits and ties. They may not be spending it on uh, uh, employment-related things. They may, we hope, be spending it on uh, pleasure, enjoyment, self-fulfillment, family, travel, all the wonderful things that can happen when you're uh, not required to be at a job on a day-by-day basis. But the amount of money is very often, um, the old phrase is, water seeks its own level. Uh, It's very often a function, not so much of um, retirement or not retirement. It's a function of, of, of human nature. The other thing we need to be very clear about is that people approach spending in very, very different ways. So if we use a, a simple number, husband and wife, both working, they have a $100,000 income. If you show me three different couples, all with the exact same income, I will show you three different spending levels. If we say, rule of thumb, they make 100 they have to pay some taxes, uh, they're putting maybe some money in retirement, uh, they, they end up netting I'm picking a number, um, $70,000, and they spend it. In retirement, they will likely spend about $70,000, $6,000 a month. But are there folks who are making 100 that are spending 40000 a year? Oh, heck yes, especially in the Lehigh Valley. There are a lot of folks who are very... What's the proper term? Oh, yeah, frugal. They are very um, thoughtful about how they spend their money. And as a result, they are very, very happy living well within their means. And I can assure you that if they're spending 40 and they're making 100, a big chunk of that 60,000 is going into savings. Could be a 401k, could be an IRA, could be uh, they're paying down the, the mortgage balance on their home. They've got lots of equity. Whatever it is, it's wonderful. And as a result, they're going to end up with a far higher savings balance than somebody who's spending 70. Which leads some people to believe, well, if they end up saving more, really piling it up, well, they, they can spend way more than 40. Sure they can. Absolutely they can. They won't, but they can. They could. They won't. They could, but they don't, generally speaking. Generally speaking. The exception, by the way, is as people get into their most senior years, mid to late 80s and early 90s, and they decide to give away money, that's a very different question. But in terms of spending, particularly on themselves, 70000 pre-retirement, they're likely to spend $70,000. $40,000, they are likely to spend forty. Now, sadly, hmm, are you ready? 
are there people that are making a hundred pre-retirement and spending 110? Sure there are. Absolutely there are. And do they expect that in retirement they will cut their spending down to 40,000? No, not even close. So um, the real angst that we bump into uh, is um, often when meeting with folks who have um, lived beyond their means the vast majority of their life. And if, if we are very lucky, very, very lucky indeed, they will arrive in our office in their early 50s and give us at least a fighting chance of getting this turned around if we're unlucky. When I say we unlucky, I mean us and them. They show up in their early to mid-60s and having spent, outspent their income for the entirety of their adult lives, as you might expect, they have a large home, $500,000. We have a $500,000 home. What's your mortgage balance? 490000 You know, we refinance when the rates were really low. That was really good. Well, where, what did you do, do with that money? Well, we, we had an RV, and then we had a boat, and then we had, and then my husband always wanted a vet. So he got a vet. I don't know why people would want to own a veterinarian, but hey, hey, people do. What are you going to do? Eh, veterinarians are very nice. So maybe, maybe. Uh, <clears throat> whatever the money is gone, 30 year mortgage at 64, and they, they have no equity in their home. Uh, they may have uh, 401k balances because they were very smart. They invested just enough to get the company match. So they've got a hundred grand in their 401k and they uh, are looking for a plan that uh, since they know they're going to get social security, it's going to give them uh, I'm picking a number out of thin air, 60 grand a year. Uh, they, they need a plan that, that allows them to spend 110 cause they always have. So they need 50,000 a year of income and they have a hundred thousand dollars saved and they will turn with absolutely a straight face. And, and say, okay, what do we do? Uh, well, let's start with a prayer. Hold my hands, dear Lord Jesus. Please turn the light on in these poor sinners' lives because they're not thinking straight. And uh, the term retirement for you means in your retirement, the thing you're going to do most is work. Just continue to work because you can't afford to retire. So 70% as a guideline for um, uh, post-retirement spending, it's wrong. It's simply wrong. 100% of what you're currently spending is a very good guideline indeed. So for this young lady who's very nervous, if you do your budget, I'll bet you're going to find that you're going to be just fine. And if not, if it's a little tight, you got five years. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. More than money uh, online.com. Uh, next Saturday, following the show, I'll be at Holy Cross Lutheran Church up um, in Morristown, between Nazareth and Morristown, just before you get to the light at 512. 
Uh, they have their annual yard and bake sale. You get some great bargains. They'll be there at 7 a.m. I, w- I will not be. I'll be on my way here from the office um, after getting up at oh dark 30. But if you want to get some of the yard sale great bargains, get there early. And, of course, bake sale throughout the day. Great food. Uh, we have some of the all-time great uh, bakers and chefs in Holy Cross. So you're going to be really, really happy that you stop by. And, of course, uh, our show wraps up around 10. So 10, 15, 10, 20 or so. I will be uh, up there as well. I'm not sure what Alyssa's plans are. She'll just be back from her trip. So she may be uh, up against it. But hopefully we can drag her up there too. Um, We are uh, uh, happy to be part of that church. So hopefully we'll see you there uh, next week. And uh, let me go through my list. I think I'm good. Uh, I want to make sure that before the end of the show, I review with you an article from a major financial publication, theoretically. um, uh, Goodness, uh, well-respected is kind of a financial um, go-to. And they have a young lady who has written a... uh, article that uh, suggests that buying a home doesn't pay and that she is uh, a proud renter and intends to stay that way. Hang on one second. 610-720-7900. We'll get to that here momentarily. John hands this to me, and we go right to the phones, and we talk to Peggy. Peggy, good morning. Good morning, Gene. I hope I'm in radio voice this morning. <laughs> you sound fantastic. How may we serve you? Thank you very much. Um, Gene, uh, I've never been a conspiracy theorist, but I thought I would pass this question uh, uh, by you. I've had my funds with Vanguard for probably the last 40 years. They have always been... Very helpful, very honest, very open, very, I can't say enough good about them. Um, Having said that, it has come to me very recently that over the past two years, unbeknownst to me, Vanguard has slowly been trying to restructure Vanguard, what I'll call Vanguard Group, to Vanguard Brokerage, um, encouraging their members with lesser fees. If you go over to the brokerage, you, uh, uh, you'll avoid a $20 per fund fee. Um, I'm trying to think of where, where to go from here. Uh, maybe just a question. Are you aware of this? Gene, are you aware of the transition? What is your opinion? Going uh, forward, uh, um, I'm still with Vanguard Group now, and I'm in the process of trying to make an an opinion to either stay with the Vanguard Group or go with the Vanguard brokerage. I understand you, Peggy. 
I, I understand your question. I am very familiar, so I'm going to uh, I'll apologize in advance for interrupting. But that's okay. <clears throat> I can prattle on forever. Uh, the the progress, the evolution of Vanguard, uh, is is a very realistic one. Uh, Vanguard uh, forty and fifty years ago is not the company that it is today, and we're all appreciative of that. Uh, they have reduced prices continuously. There are some Vanguard funds now that literally, instead of charging one, two, three percent a year in management fees, they charge five, six, seven hundredths of a percent per year in their management fees. So they still uh, have they've not only earned their reputation, they maintain their reputation as a low cost provider. Their evolution to the brokerage accounts is a logical one for the company and for the investor. It will allow you to not only access your Vanguard funds, but additional investment options that you may, you may not ever need, but you may decide that you do need, and that would allow Vanguard to serve you without you needing to go elsewhere. We've seen the letter for many, many clients because even though we offer Vanguard uh, investments through our uh, brokerage arrangement, our registered investment advisor. Some of our clients also have independent Vanguard accounts, as you do. The $20 a month, $240 a year, is unnecessary. Uh, if you are still uh, comfortable, it's not a conspiracy. It's nothing negative for you. If you're still comfortable with Vanguard, going to the brokerage side is absolutely not a problem. If you're just not comfortable, if you're just not sure, or if you would like to uh, garner the advice of a professional as, as kind of part of your team, then you can always move your Vanguard account to a, an investment advisor um, that, that you uh, trust, that's experienced. They would be able to use the exact same funds. They would not be charging you $240 a year, uh, and they would be able to give you advice. So, You've got some pretty nice options. Staying where you are is not one, but moving to either the Vanguard brokerage or an investment advisor probably would work nicely for you. Peggy, thank you very much. That music says we're up against a heartbreak, a heartbreak. Well, it could be a heartbreak, too. So uh, for the folks who are on hold, for Ron and Robbie, uh, please stay right where you are. We'll have a line open here shortly as we say goodbye to Peggy. And uh, when we return, we'll have 24 minutes to answer your questions. 610-720-7900. Gene at AskMTM.com will answer your emails, your calls after this on More Than Money. Fantastic. Welcome back to More Than Money. 24 minutes left in this edition of More Than Money, 610-720-7900. It's the number Ron has called. We go to the phones. We say good morning to Ron. Uh, good morning. How may we serve uh, you, sir? Yes, the uh, it's a general question, and I'll get off the phone after I ask it. Thank you very much for taking the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking of gifting a car to our nephew, what would the tax situation be on something like that? 
Uh, yeah, Ron, re- really, really easy. Uh, gifting the car falls within any other gifting rules. A lot of folks are confused. They think that gifting is only um, the gift IRS tax laws are only applying to cash gifts. That's not really true. <clears throat> you can gift cash, of course, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, <clears throat> real estate, we talked about a woman earlier that's giving away her home, a car, stock. Um, you can gift basically anything. As long as you follow the rules, if you are giving something that's worth 16000 or less, um, you don't even have to file a piece of paper. Uh, there's no okay. there's no tax on the uh, nephew receiving the car. There's no tax on you. If the tax if the the value of the car is larger than sixteen and you are married, you can double up. You you and your spouse can give sixteen thousand apiece. Now you could give a car worth up to thirty two thousand. And of course, if it's worth more than that, you should call me because you're giving away a really nice car, and and I could be a really good nephew. I, I just, well, just, this is not that. So, uh, but. But uh, thank you very much for the time. My pleasure, Ron. God bless. Yes. Take care. 610-720-7900. Back to the phones we go. We talk to Robbie. Robbie, good morning. Good morning to you, Gene. Good morning. But listening to Ron, I just some, something happened. To now I better have a second question for you. But my first question is this. I, where, when does the state come after they pay taxes to all my children. Let me tell you how I started out here and why I'm asking that question, because uh, I thought some would not be ever taxable. First of all, after after paying for the bride, for the marriages of all my children, which, which took me out of my banking account mostly, and then started back in after they, 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 they uh, were married and I paid for those bills, I decided to myself, I better go and start saving some money because I spent a heck of a lot of it there. So what I did, age 50, I started buying bonds. And first of all, they were e-bonds. And I'd pay $50 every pay. I told them to take it out of my pay and pay the bonds. So I did that for a couple of years. Now, uh, granted, I'm let, I want to let you know that I'm over 50 now and I'm in the 80s, so I'm concerned about where where I'm going because my health isn't the best. But anyway, I started with that. Then I heard about the I-bonds, and I figured, oh, boy, I'll stop the E and start buying some I-bonds. Mm-hmm. So I start buying some I-bonds. Okay. And while that was going on, I also figured, well, I better start saving some other money. So I start buying a, a cheap uh uh, well, I started out stock in the company I was working for yet mm-hmm. and uh, bought that and only paid $3,000 for a couple of shares. Well, about 150 shares or so. Anyway, now as I'm getting older, I want to start do everything and protect them and as much as I can. Sure. So the thing occurred to me, my property, I okay, I put my uh, daughter as a uh, – as a not as a not as a, what do they call it? As a, I forget what you call it. It's like a, a oh gosh, I don't know what you call it, but it's not a. Uh, she's 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 named as a uh, like to control it afterwards, whatever they call mm-hmm. it, some kind of name. But anyway, now I'm at the point that some of these things are coming due. Mm-hmm. They're paying up. They're paying me off. Mm-hmm. Now the e bonds are start paying me off, and I every month I get 
quite a bit of money. The surprising part it is it's four times what it was supposed to be. Indeed. They, me, they were $50 bonds and said you get $100. Well, unfortunately, I'm getting $400 for every one of them. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, now that's one thing. Now, the I-bonds I start buying later, so hey, I'm into Rob, that. Robbie, now. Robbie, Robbie, yeah. I, I, I need you to get to your question for me because we got the backstory well, down. Now I need to know what question do you want me to answer for you? Well, where, where does the state come in and start taking tax money? Do they start taking it from the E-bonds that I'm passing on or the I-bonds that I'm passing on? Yeah, the state okay. is going to be involved in two different areas. One is going to be income tax. And, of course, as you get your interest paid out of these bonds, whether they are E-bonds or uh, I-bonds, the state has some interest in taxing you for income that you might earn. The real issue becomes what happens when your time here is gone and you are in a much better place and your family is inheriting all of these assets there. If they go directly to your children, direct descendants, children or grandchildren, they will pay four and a half percent on the value of these assets as an inheritance tax. State of Pennsylvania has little or no. Well, it's I say little or no. They have not very generous rules relative to inheritance taxes. Many states have eliminated them. State of New Jersey, for example, follows the federal laws, and there are very few, 1% or 2% of the estates in New Jersey pay any estate tax at all. Not the case in Pennsylvania, 4.5% for direct descendants. And if you go outside direct descendants, hey, I want to leave it to uh, my nieces, my nephews, that jumps up to uh, to 12%. And if you go to simply uh, folks who are not uh, part of your family, then it goes up to 15%. So Pennsylvania is pretty aggressive, um, making sure that you have worked with an experienced, trusted estate attorney is a really, really important thing for you to do, Robbie. It is... Uh, that kind of counsel that might cause you to decide you're going to make gifts now rather than waiting for them uh, to go through your estate or vice versa. It may turn out that it's better for you to leave them uh, in your own name. But working, sitting with a trusted estate planning attorney is a very, very important thing for you to do. Hopefully you are, you've already done that and, and you're already working with one that you know. If you don't, uh, let us know. We have... Um, a very uh, wonderful firm and a wonderful gentleman that's been helping lots of our clients. So we can certainly get you a referral. Robbie, I want to thank you for your call. You're very, very kind and, and God bless you. And uh, if again, if you need further assistance, you'll let us know. Thank you so much. 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. More than money online.com. <clears throat> Gentleman writes, uh, <laughs> uh, he is from the Holy Land of Bethlehem. Very nice. I recently told him the beneficiary of a traditional IRA from a family friend. Uh, recently passed away rather suddenly. That's a He's 70 years old. Goodness. I understand I'll have to disperse the IRA within 10 years of the last day of the year of my friend's death. Uh, my question to you is, what is the process? What are the next my next steps? Do I need to open a new IRA? Can my friend's IRA be transferred or renamed, or is there some other process? Thanks for your help in your show. Well, you're very, very kind. Um, I'm sorry for the loss of your friend. That's very hard. I'm going through 
the same thing. I've lost a number of friends this year, and as life progresses on, that will be my experience more and more often. That's not one that we uh, relish, but one that uh, if you are of faith, then you are faithful that they are. You are convinced and confident that they are in a far better place and that uh, in a blink of an eye, we'll all be back together again. Yes, you must use this inherited IRA. You must mechanically handle this IRA very carefully. It cannot remain in the current IRA of your friend. It cannot, should not, absolutely should not uh, go into your IRA. This is referred to as an inherited IRA. It is a very specific category. It is a very specific type of IRA and is handled very differently than your personal IRA. So mechanically, it must go into an account that is descriptive of the inherited IRA status. The titling will be something along the lines of uh, John Doe decedent for benefit of, in this case, Stan uh, or whatever, um, so that you have um, established an account uh, in, in, um, that's very clearly delineated as an inherited IRA and established from whom you inherited the IRA. It's all included in the titling of the account. Once that IRA is established and once the funds have been transferred, uh, yeah, the 10 year rule is, is, uh, is, is what governs your withdrawal. And currently the rules say you can take out all of it immediately that may be a choice. That is a choice that you may make uh, and pay tax in one block and be done with it. You can wait until the end of the 10 years, take it all out at the end of the 10th year, pay the tax then and be done with it. You can take it out in pieces, either nice equal pieces, one tenth a year for 10 years or as needed over the 10 year period. Uh, uh, and that is another choice that you have as an option. Uh, making sure that you're working with a financial advisor that understands both the investment side and the income tax treatment side is very, very important. There are unfortunately many financial advisory firms that do not many financial financial advisory firms who are legally prohibited. Uh, Fisher investments is a good example, legally prohibited from giving you uh, tax advice as opposed to some of the more elevated firms, some of the more comprehensive firms firms is probably a better uh, way to reference that. Um, MTM Financial Group, More Than Money, is a perfect example. We have an entire tax division uh, that is uh, available to our clients. It's headed up by uh, Diane, if that is her real name, and has a wonderful team that supplies uh, all of our clients with that kind of guidance so that we make sure that not only are the IRA investments appropriate, uh, but that the tax treatment, the withdrawals that are required are done appropriately. So hopefully that helps. If you need more information, of course, let us know. We'll be able to circle back on that. 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Uh, a young lady, Riven Stinson, R-I-V-A-N, uh, wrote a 
uh, article for a very prominent national magazine. I don't name the magazine, just except uh, to take my word for it, that you are... um, you would recognize it as prominent that uh, my life as a renter is well known, says this young lady. And her title is when buying a home doesn't pay. Uh, she goes on to say, hey, it's um, pretty straightforward. Most people are looking at buying a home. You can borrow up to 80% of the value of the home or even more if you have a low down payment loan. That is true. Uh, VA loans, for example, veterans loans can be had when the down payment is, is very, very low. Um, she talks about in 17 of the 23 metropolitan areas, including Atlanta, apparently uh, uh, Los Angeles, Detroit, uh, consumers would be better off renting and investing the money they would have used for a down payment, closing costs and other housing expenses, even though rents have skyrocketed. The S&P 500 index has increased 11% uh, on an annualized basis compared to 8% on home values. Well, that's that's fascinating. And as far as her reporting goes, let's assume, uh, dangerous, but let's assume that she is correct, that the S&P 500 uh, has increased 11%. I'm certain this was written before the most recent downturn. That might change her mind just a bit, but uh, just a thought. Uh, and that home values have only gone up 8%. So we're looking at the difference between, let's use 12 and eight as an example. And that that is in her de facto um, analysis, the reason why you would be better off renting versus buying. Well, sadly, uh, and she writes a column apparently called Millennial Money. And as sadly the case often, particularly uh, with younger folks, they tend to oversimplify things. They tend to uh, skim along the surface. They don't dig a bit deeper. So, for example, um, not unusual at all for uh, a mortgage, um, um, say, I'm, I'm picking numbers, somebody who's making 80000 a year, they want to spend 20000 a year or so on their housing, 25%. They're going to have a mortgage and real estate taxes that are going to be plus or minus uh, 1500 bucks a month. If you wanted to rent the equivalent home, you would not spend 1500 a month. And rents, she references as skyrocketing, doesn't change her mind about renting. Mm, that's because you're not very thoughtful. Because if you wanted to rent a house equivalent to one that you would buy at that level, you're talking about somewhere in the 1800 to 2000 a month range. So what she is saying is that you take the difference between your rent and your uh, housing expense and you invest that. There is no difference. It's a negative number. Now, she actually suggests that you just take the down payment. So let's say the home is 300000 You take the $60,000 down payment plus closing costs. Call it ten. You take 70000 You put that in the bank or you put that in an investment account. And that will grow faster because the S&P 500 goes up 12%. Real estate only goes up 8 She is losing uh, so many key points. Number one, if you are eligible, you can deduct the interest on your uh, mortgage payment. So all of a sudden, if you're in the, I'm picking a number, the 20% bracket, you write a check for a thousand bucks a month, $12,000 a year, 
I'll go back to my example, $20,000 a year. You're going to save $4,000 on your income tax bill. If you are renting, you will save zero. That's pretty substantial. Number two, you are building equity in your home. Even in the early years where the vast majority of your payments are interest, you're still building equity in your home. So at the end of 10 years, if you are, if you have purchased, you have your down payment, plus you build up some equity. So a home that you bought for $300,000 10 years ago might be worth three fifty, and you had 60000 of equity to start, and maybe you've picked up another 20000 of equity. Relatively small number, but now you have $80,000 of equity. After 10 years of renting, the equity you have in, all right, that would be zero. You don't build equity renting a home. And... Sadly, uh, I think the piece that she really misses is the use of the term leverage. If indeed you use her example, putting 20% down on a typical home purchase and your home purchase real estate only goes up 8% and S&P goes up 12 and you're losing money, that simply isn't the case. If you have $60,000 to work with and you put it in the S&P 500 and it goes up 12%, you go up 12%. It's just that simple. But if you have $60,000 down on a $300,000 home and it goes up 8%, a $300,000 home going up 8% is $24,000 a year. You invested 60. You didn't invest 300. If you compare your gain, $24,000, Maybe just for fun, you add in your tax savings, another 4,000, that's $28,000. Just for fun, throw in a little bit of equity buildup and call that $2,000. You see, I, I needed a round number. Now we're at a $30,000 gain on a $60,000 investment. And while hmm, math may not be my long suit, it actually is. That's a 50% gain, 50% rate of return versus 12. Interesting. How in the world could she have been so um, off track? It's pretty easy, actually. She's really young. 610-720-7900. We... Go to the phones. We talk to Stephen. Stephen, good morning. Oh, Stephen. Oh, sad. Next, 610-720-7900. Gosh, we have what, four minutes, five minutes? Okay. 610-720-7900. My husband and I retired almost four years ago. I am 71. He is 73. We went from a great economy and really good returns on our money to what we have today, a total mess. Wow. I'm the one in the family who looks after our financial life, and I'm really concerned I'm making mistakes. When we retired, our advisor told us we could take 4% out of our investments every year and be in great shape. That worked out fine the first three years, but this year our investments are down and we're still taking out money at a rate that scares me. What changes should we be making so that we don't run out of money? 
Well, goodness, uh, you are not the only one that is concerned. And goodness, you are the person in the family that's responsible for the financial um, health, future, uh, etc. And you're both very young. Uh, there's a high probability that one of you will be with us for at least 25 years. Uh, 95 is a pretty reasonable number, probability speaking, that one of you will still be with us, perhaps both. So making mistakes is very, very frightening. So there's a couple of things that you can absolutely uh, be concerned about, that we will absolutely be concerned about, um, and you're going to need to explore your options in detail. That will likely uh, best be done with a financial advisor, whether it's a more-than-money advisor or some other advisor that you've chosen that you trust and is experienced, uh, that they can go through the options. One option, for example, is that there are a fair number of guaranteed investments at the moment that pay more than 4%. So even though your current investments have been dropping, you can stop the bleeding, lock it in, and get 4% or more on a guaranteed basis. That's an option. You can certainly look at some of the investments that provide guaranteed lifetime income. There are investments of that type that give 6, 7, 8% cash flow, guaranteed for life. That would certainly give you much more peace of mind. And, of course, there are lots of other options. So don't despair. This is not the first time somebody who has retired has seen their um, dip in their investments. And spring does follow winter. So with any luck at all, by the time you sit with a financial advisor, your investments will have already recovered at least a bit. Uh, but explore your options. Uh, know that there are lots of things that you can do and, uh, and go forward. 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talked to Stephen. Stephen, good morning. Good morning, Gene. Yeah, we're up against uh, the time, so you've got about a minute to uh, share your question, please. I'll make it quick. I was told that a reverse mortgage is a good thing if it's the last house you're ever going to live in, and I was wondering why you couldn't use it more than once. Oh, very good question. And the answer is uh, you absolutely can use a reverse mortgage more than once. There's nothing that would prevent anyone from using a reverse mortgage multiple times each original reverse mortgage has to be paid off because they're only applicable to your primary residence, to your personal residence. And you can only have one of those at a time. But could you use a reverse mortgage, say, have one, run it out five, six, seven years, do it again, six, seven, eight, ten years, do it again? The answer is you absolutely could. So it really doesn't present any kind of an obstacle whatsoever. Stephen, thank you so much for the phone call. We are now really up against the heartbreak. I know it's heartbreak, but it sounds like heartbreak when somebody says, hey, we're up against the heartbreak. Hmm, that's so sad. We've covered a lot of ground. I want to thank everybody who called in. All the emails, the emails were fantastic. The calls were very, very good. The discussion this morning was, was as good as it could be with, with Alyssa not being with us. As good as it could be. Uh, not my first rodeo, although uh, apparently coming up, I am going to my first rodeo. According to my wife, according to my friends, we're going to a rodeo in December or in uh, September. So we're very excited. 
If you have a need for more information or you would like a free second opinion meeting with any of our More Than Money World Headquarters advisors, all you have to do is ask. You can send me an email, gene at askmtm.com, G-E-N-E at askmtm.com. You can go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. And, of course, you can go old school. You can call 247-610-746-7007, That'll take you right to our More Than Money World Headquarters in the Holy Lands between Bethlehem and Nazareth. Folks, enjoy uh, a little bit of music on the way out, and we'll see you next week right here on More Than Money.